I can I can tell you how many hours I put into RimWorld this week. Matt, how many hours did you put into RimWorld this so, week? So, last week, let's do a live check. Last week when we potted, I was at 12 hours from one day of play. That was one day in. Well, it was like a day and a half, I guess. <laughs> this week, I am at 68 hours. <laughs> Matt! You have a full-time job, Matt. What are you doing? I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Matt, that's a oh, lot of hours. Oh, God. Wait, what game is this? RimWorld? What's that? Uh, oh, dude. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Did it just uh, ask it, what crack cocaine was? Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, it's something that you go into a void while you're playing, and then you look over, and it's 3 a.m. <laughs> like, uh, one of the features in the menu is to turn on a real-life clock so you can see actual time in-game. <laughs> so... You you don't have that happen to you, but I'm guessing uh, Matt has that option turned off. I I do. I tr- yeah. It happened last night. It was like eight o'clock. I was like, I convinced a couple other people to buy it too. So we have a channel on the Discord now called Rimmers Anonymous, and uh, we were all playing. And it was like eight o'clock, and we started our colonies. We downloaded a couple mods, you know, to make the game uh, more interesting. And then I turn over a little bit later, and it's a uh, one forty seven a.m. I'm like, okay, I'm just a little bit more. And then it was 3.15. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Time to go to bed. That was hour 68. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Michael stayed up on his first night. He got it at probably about 8 p.m. And he was up till 10 a.m. the next day playing it. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so it's that kind of game, Dane. Well, what what's the point of the game? You don't have to, like, sell it or anything. But I just, I'm curious. It's I've Dwarf Fortress. It. Hmm? It's like Dwarf Fortress. I don't know what that is either. Okay, so it's like a uh, concept of the game is like you have a little colony of people and you crash land on a planet and you have to survive, but the world's um, randomly generated, there's randomly generated factions and there's randomly generated events. And it's kind of like a storytelling thing. Uh, So like your colonists will have like random things that they do and say and have random personality traits. So like they'll have little conversations with each other. um, They'll go do work. it's like a city building game and it it really yeah. sucks you in yeah that's nice how long do these yes. little matches last or do you do you like keep your your colony uh until you yeah man, how I long do one... these little matches last <laughs> like if, until you can either play it with like you can reload saves uh or you can play a commitment mode where when you quit the game you just crash or when you quit the game you save um and so like if you have some bad series of events happen to you you can just end so it can either be from like an hour to like 60 hours in you just lose yeah i guess my my main question would be whenever you start a game like whenever you crash land do you does that happen every time that you play the game like for the first like when you boot it up or is that just kind of like minecraft where you log into your existing little world every time yep okay you log in yeah gotcha yeah this game is like minecraft but like with drugs yeah, hmm. but it is drugs. Yeah. Oh, and it has drugs in it too. I have a couple people that are like, they start off and they're just like addicted to, uh, what is it called? It's like devil it's like or smoke, luciferous. Smoke weed? Yeah, there's smoke weed, smoke leaf, and luciferous, and like, which is like the heroin, and there's alcohol, obviously. Um, it's pretty great. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I told you this, Gus, but uh, there's this. Um, I was naming all my people off of people in the Discord. So I named one uh, Draco, who's this guy in our Discord. And um, 
he uh you know he likes to uh smoke a little of the uh smoke leaf IRL and uh I, I just named this character just because it was some person I bought uh from off of like a slave trader and <laughs> what yeah yeah so you could buy slaves I freed him I freed him he wasn't a slave I bought him out of slavery uh, as to be in my colony but I just named him Draco and the game went on you know like and then 20 hours later I started growing smoke leaf and I started making joints and storing them and I was gonna sell them. <laughs> And then, uh, I, like when you, one of your colonists goes down, it gives you gives you like a little alert. It's like, oh no, this person needs help. And I was like, Draco needs help. And I look over, and it's like, what hurt him? He's just laying down in the supply closet. <laughs> and I look at his health status to see what happened. And it said stoned on smoke leaf. So like he would just randomly sneak off to the closet, smoke a bunch of weed, pass out, and would need somebody to carry him to bed. <laughs> We've all and, been like, there. That just was like a thing that kept happening to his character. Is it's funny, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Matt, Good so game. it sounds like there's uh, there's been a lot that's happened in the 68 hours you've been in Rimworld, but uh, I think mm-hmm. that the the question on all of our minds is, do you have any big plans for hour 69? Oh, I have huge plans, actually. <laughs> uh, but I, I I won't I won't bog you down with the details. I'll probably only find get, like, out two next week. Stuff. This is the Motion Pixels Podcast. I'm your co-host, August Meyer. August, say hi. Hi. This is my co-host, Matthew Rollins. Matthew, say hi. Hi. And today, we're joined by one of the newest bad boys of, uh, really, the internet, this time podcasting, uh, Uncle Dane Kevin Cook. Dane, say hi. Hi. uh, Dane, if you could wait for your, your prompt, that would be just the best for all of us this time introduce me as the bad boy of comedy okay introducing the bad boy of comedy uncle dane kevin cook dane say hi hi thank you so much dane uh and of course this is the motion pixels podcast i'll definitely go and check that game out though because i like those kinds of games and honestly i like those kinds of games that you sink your entire life into don't do it (laughs) no those you don't understand i don't like games that are just like temporary like boredom cures man i i like those 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 uh full-time job games (laughs) okay well i'm sorry about it's actually it's a great quarantine game so um (laughs) this might be just the thing to pass like you know keep you satiated during this uh weird time we're in actually that's a i think that's a good uh I think that's a good topic. Um, let's talk about quarantine games. I think we might, you know, we might all be, you know, spending some time in our respective um, bunkers, um, probably with a little more time to play video games, uh, ideally. Um, so, do y'all have any quarantine games on your on your docket? Anything you're trying three. to trying to play? I've name one three. of them. No, you can name all three. You can name all three. <laughs> Well, well, I'll just name the first one, which is an obvious one. I think Minecraft, obviously. Mm-hmm. That one, I mean, you can just hop in, do whatever you want in Minecraft for however long you want to do it. So you can spend you can spend like thirty minutes in that game, or you can spend twelve hours in that game. It's pretty pretty open ended. Um, but everybody already knows about that game. Another yeah, one I'm familiar with it. Another one that I'd recommend is uh, Slay the Spire. That's another great time waster that's a card game isn't it uh kind of um it's like a roguelike card game like 
Yeah. The 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 basis of the game is roguelike, but it the combat is card. <laughs> it's card combat. Card like Kingdom Hearts chain of You memories. use cards against creatures. Creatures don't have cards. You are It actually person. is like Kingdom Hearts chain of memories. Wow. Yes it is. That's so <laughs> That's funny. crazy. Dude, that game's so good. I don't know anything about that game, but man. It's bad. Slay the Spire is really it's really fun, especially because it's very hard. It's not like it, it like you will die a lot. <laughs> and, well, Dane, um, actually, last week we had a, a whole segment uh, on roguelikes called the Joe Roguelike Experience. So yes. if you play if you play your cards right, you might be able to be a part of that segment at some point. Okay. Um. Did you guys already discuss that game? No, no, that actually didn't come up. That's good. I I've heard a lot about it. I've never played it, so maybe during my quarantine, if I don't dump another. 60 hours into RimWorld <laughs> next week. I'll try it. Well, I've got another roguelike for you on my list, actually. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Risk of Rain. Two. Oh, dude, wait. Risk of Rain 1 or 2? Okay, 2. two. Yeah, 2 is yeah. awesome. Right. I have okay. never played Risk of Rain 1, but Risk of Rain 2 is so much fun. I love it. I, I was just like playing that yesterday, one. dude. It's so good. The second one is very different. Okay. It's 3D. <laughs> um, and it and it plays a lot more like a, a traditional third-person shooter. I feel. Oh, okay. That'd be cool. Yeah, Risk of Rain 1, like, I don't know. I got it for $2, and I played it with my roommate for a little bit, and by a little bit, I mean, I think, like, maybe 30 minutes, and I was like, this this isn't for me, but... Understandable. If the sec... Because, honestly, I yeah. don't think that I would really get into the... I've seen people play Risk of Rain 1, and it doesn't really look... Oh, wow. This fun. looks way different. Yeah, Risk of Rain 2 is... Ground man, up different. It's, it's a lot of fun, and, man, the I think if we ever do... If you guys ever do a... Uh, a segment on your favorite video game soundtracks then i would throw the risk of rain 2 soundtrack into the ring there we haven't talked about video game soundtracks a whole lot uh on the show yet that'd be a cool thing to talk about because uh yeah i actually i don't i soundtracks is one of those things that i don't always pay attention to in games as much as i should but um some games i know you know it's just like it's impossible to ignore Mm -hmm. um like death stranding was a game recently that just had this incredible soundtrack um but in risk of rain 2 uh isn't a, a like a weapon you can have can't you have like a guitar that you can play yeah it's like kind of the it's one of the big meme weapons that you can find because it's really really good it like creates this chain lightning whenever you hit one character there's a chance that chain lightning will like uh, arc off of that character onto a nearby character and do the same amount of damage or slightly less but it's really good for crowd control stuff i love games where you can use instruments as a weapon like uh did you ever play monster hunter world no, um, I I was really considering getting it, but um, it doesn't look like the kind of game that I would like, to be honest. Yeah, well, there's a I brought it up because there's this one weapon called the hunting horn, mm-hmm. and it's basically you just play like you can use it as like a bad hammer, but it's also like a support weapon where you just kind of sit in the back lines and you play tunes for your friends that are fighting the monsters, and it gives them random buffs. So it's like, you know, kind of like a it's a bard weapon. Yeah. Um, it looks like a lot of fun. I love when games stuff have stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's similar in a way to uh, to uh, Binding of Isaac, where the items you pick up, you don't necessarily use them as weapons, but they give you powers specific to the weapons that your character already uses. And you can have a little... There are a couple classes that you can choose from that do different things. I was pretty impressed with Risk of Rain 2's uh, like diversity of weapons and like diversity of items and things you can pick yeah. up. Like I haven't... Like, I would definitely compare it to, like you were saying, uh, Binding of Isaac, in terms of, like, the crazy permutations of, uh, 
like yeah. affects your 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 character. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> the benefit I think of of playing Risk of Rain is like every time you start, you start off with nothing, obviously, and you find stuff as you go. And about an hour in to the, I'd say every run probably is like forty five minutes to an hour, although they can go a lot longer. And about an hour in, you're like unrecognizable. Like your character has so much shit on him because like every time you pick up an item it like attaches to you in some way so you're basically just a ball of crazy chaos and (laughs) your powers are so like exponentially increased by all these items that you have like you're you're so like unimaginably fast like you can basically look at any enemy and kill it in one hit it gets like it gets ridiculous (laughs) and and they keep throwing more and more enemies at you to compensate for it so after a while like it's <laughs> to to the uninitiated it sometimes gets to the point where you can't even like decipher what's happening on screen. I might have tweeted something along these lines. Like a video that I took like three hours into a run or something. Where you just all decked out. Yeah. That's cool. Let me try and find it. Yeah, I uh, I haven't played a ton of Risk of Rain two. My longest run has probably been like maybe twenty minutes. Um but I remember in those twenty minutes I had like like a predator missile launcher on my uh, on my shoulder. Uh and yeah, I mean, it was it's it's an awesome game. It, it uh, the the gameplay itself is 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 pretty fun. Um, like you're jump like you're jumping around. Um, it's in space, right? Um, I thought the enemies are pretty cool. Like one of the first one of the first bosses I saw when I was playing, uh, I did like one very short run yesterday. There was like a giant uh, giant jellyfish that I fought that uh, sometimes you don't see. Like the the magic of those games is that every time you play is. Uh, every time he's played, is different. And there's there's just a, a ton of stuff in that game. So um, it's it's a it, in terms of quarantine games, it seems like it'd be pretty good for uh, you know keeping. It's a lot of fun uh, because fresh. if you're yeah if you're if your uh, run doesn't last like an insane amount of time, usually you die to something. You're like, well my my loadout wasn't that good. I can probably get a better one, and then <laughs> you just started the entire process over again. Yeah, those games are nice because you can blame the game. For giving yes. you shitty, <laughs> shitty, uh, yeah. shitty builds I got, because it is I randomly generated. <laughs> Even though you know, it's probably not. Game. It's probably not the game's fault. That happens a lot. Shitty. That happens so much in um, in Slay the Spire because sometimes you'll you'll pick up a card because um, you you think that it'll work really well, but then later you'll totally just change your mind on what deck you're going to try and build because you got some other card that works really well with what you have. And then that card that you picked earlier is just like weighing your entire deck down. And then when you draw mm-hmm. it at the imperfect time, you're like, "Fuck that card, man! Damn yeah, this it! Card's stupid. <laughs> and Bad then, card." And you're like, "Man, uh, this game's stupid. Why did you give me that card?" <laughs> you know? So in Slay the Spire, uh, is there a mechanic where you can trade cards out? Yeah, like um, there are certain points where you can get rid of cards, or you can. Um, not trade cards, but yeah, get rid of cards and add cards to your deck. And, oh, cool. Um, okay, so you, you it's can just kind that, of like that stupid card. Yeah, yeah. It's not exactly the easiest thing to do. Like you kind of have to plan around it, and you have to have the ability to do it when the game offers the ability. So that's cool. Um, I would let Gus and I go through our quarantine games, but I think I already know what our main one is going to be in five days from now. <laughs> oh my god, dude! I'm so yeah, yeah. so excited. Yeah. It just feels like so perfect that you know, in these trying times, you know, we have Animal Crossing: New Horizons knocking at our door in five days. Um, man, dude, that game is 
could not come soon enough. I'm so excited. Uh, and it's also really fun to see like Twitter, uh, Twitter. Uh, I have not seen my Twitter, at least excited about a game in the same way I have animal crossing. Um, like we were saying at PAX East, uh, like the line was like around the block in the convention center to go and see, you know, like the Tom Nook mascot guy running around with like the fishing pole and whatnot at the Animal yep. Crossing booth, which we did not wait in that line because I guess we're not that excited about the game. But uh, yeah, I'm so excited, man, to just hop on that island, you know, go on a little virtual vacation every day, man. It's going to be so good. I've already got ideas, you know, floating around of what, uh, you know, what kind of community I'm going to cultivate, what kind of t-shirts I'm going to wear. Man, I've been playing so much uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp as like my uh, my way to like you know if I'm like you know like bored or trying to you know whatever just soothe my anxiety, I pick up my phone and look at Twitter. But these days, Twitter not the most soothing thing. So <laughs> I've been <laughs> I've been getting into the habit of just opening up Animal Crossing. I should really put Animal Crossing Pocket Camp like in the same spot on my phone menu where Twitter is. That would actually make yeah, in place of it. Yeah, like all right, yeah. But I've been doing Animal pretty Crossing good. Break. You know, I I've been playing every single day this week, and it's just so nice, man. I go in and I walk up to one of my friends, and they're like, you know what? I really could go for an octopus right now. Do you have an octopus? And I'm like, no, I don't have an octopus, but I'll go get you an octopus. And then I get that octopus and give my friend that octopus, and they're like, I'm your friend a little more than I was before. oh man it's so good oh animal crossing man um uh dan are you gonna get it yeah i um oh i already have it pre-downloaded i'm going to be up at midnight uh on the 19th on a school Uh, night i'm gonna watch the clock changed the to 12 and i'm going to hit i'm gonna spam a until it downloads and you know I'm injecting that drug into my veins just as much as you guys are, for sure. Man, you guys are going to be able to play it way before me. Oh, yeah. So I play, I Wait. mean, here's the thing. is Animal Crossing lets you do this, so that's why I like it. But I play that game like it's a full-time job. <laughs> so <laughs> it's going to be yeah. all day for me, all day Animal Crossing. Yeah, oh, that's going to be great. I As soon as it, I ordered it off Amazon, so as soon as it gets delivered, I'm going to run downstairs and grab it and just be like, all right, my work day's over now. I'm uh, I'm in Animal Crossing mode. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Man, it just looks so nice. And, the, the, and it seems like a lot deeper than past uh, Animal Crossing games, which I haven't played a ton of uh, older games. Like maybe, Matt, I, I know you've been pretty into them. You can maybe speak to this. But in this new one, there's like minecraft light elements where you can terraform your island and mm-hmm. um, move the ground up and down and stuff and i don't i think that's the deepest in terms of like world building oh you know, literal yeah. world building the amount of customization in in this new game is is unprecedented compared to the other animal crossings it's going to be really awesome to see what people do with it yeah i'm glad they took their time with this because there yeah. was a couple like i feel like um there some all of the games have uh, no well yeah i not like delays but like from how all the previous games have launched, they've I feel like a lot of them have added big features, and I'm glad they kind of kept up with that. Besides when they did the Wii one, what was that? City Folk. City Folk. That, I don't. I don't that know game, about that one. That game really just didn't change anything. It was basically the DS game, but on the Wii with like a little city area that didn't matter. But yeah, so this game, it looks like just as much of a big step as they've taken before, which is nice because I kind of thought New Leaf was like the most you could really do with that at the time you know and 
I'm glad they like really tried to figure out like what are we gonna do with this, you know? Because I was worried about the island part for a bit. Because I, I like the traditional setup, you know, like just the town with the with the you know the normal looking trees and the pine trees. Sometimes I thought the island from like first hearing about it, I thought it was gonna be all like that little island you could go to in the other ones. Yeah. Oh, like more of a. You were worried the scale would be too small. Not s- small, but I thought it was just going to be all tropical themed. And I was like, I don't want that in my Animal Crossing, man. I, I want to get some snow, you know? I love snow. I want it to, I want to have all the normal stuff. I want to have houses and cliffs. I'm not like a little like vacation place, but that's what it is, you know? It's just a good way to have an excuse to have it be like customizable and I'll have giant walls on the side. Yeah, for, um, yeah, from what I could tell, it seemed like it was basically the exact same thing as, like, New Leaf or whatever, except the only difference is the beaches all around the entire uh, area instead of just the bottom part. So, yeah. Um, but I, as far as I can tell, you can still make it look however you want it. And, I mean, and, and there's going to be snow and there's going to be seasons still. Like, there's mm-hmm. not a whole lot yeah. of, like, thematic changes other than just being on an island, you know? Yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was I I know that now. I just was worried at first yeah, yeah, when yeah. there was like a very little information. I was like, "Oh no, don't mess this up." But they I there's a lot of cool stuff. Like what's what are you guys looking forward to most? Like your I know top mine. feature you've seen. Um, what is it? I I personally, I mean all of the stuff that they've announced, I've been like excited for. But the biggest thing that I can see myself doing all the time is that they made it so Okay, so in 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 New Leaf there was that tropical island, like you just mentioned, that you could go to, and there were special bugs there that you could only get there, and there were special fruit there that you could only get there, and stuff like that. And um, that was awesome. That was, oh, pardon me. There was a, there that was like the main area that I that I spent my time in in Animal Crossing, to be honest, because I just loved um, hunting all those rare bugs and stuff. It was a good money making option pretty early in the game before you got your golden fruits and stuff. So that is coming back to this one, but. Instead of that basic island, like the same layout and stuff, it's all randomly generated. And there's also going to be uh, occasionally random um, villagers who are just like kind of on that island that you can recruit to come back to your island, the main one. And I love that that every time you go to the island, it's different, like it's a different layout and stuff. And there's, I hope, I can't remember if this is right or not, but there's always going to be like different types of things that you can find in the island depending on what you get randomly so i don't know i like that that random um procedurally generated island idea that that feels like it's going to be a huge part of the i don't don't know if you call it the end game but (laughs) like it seems like something you could just repeat doing endlessly so you're saying when you go to the area to catch bugs and whatnot, every time you go, it's like a fresh experience. Like there's going to be different assortments of things you'll find yeah. on your own island. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard about yeah. that. Yeah, like it's uh, – I think it's kind of like the islands are like an archipelago, you know, where it's like there's a bunch of little islands all over. Yeah. So in the previous game, you just had the one that like the captain would row you out to. But now you pay – I think that's what you use your like nook miles for. He'll, like, let you go on an expedition, um, and you can go out there and, you know, just go see a random island. I was going to say that was one of my favorite things, too. I think that's really neat because it, it is cool. I, I think the, the saddest part about it, though, is that you – I don't know if you can always go back to, like, the same island. Like, if you, like, one set up the most or you liked what you found there. 
Yeah, I, don't think I suppose. You have the ability to go back to it. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, if it's the same kind of thing that, that the tropical island in New Leaf was, then the entire the entire reason for going to that island was just to get to gather resources. Yeah. So it wasn't that it that it necessarily had a good look to it because you can't build anything on the island. It's just yeah, there to kind of just collect things and leave. And that's kind of the that's what keeps com- keeps you coming back. It's like the. Well, like yeah, we were talking about roguelikes earlier, like the fact that you're never going to see this assortment of things again. Yes. is what makes you like really appreciate what you're doing. I love that. Like, Whoa, kind of this builds crazy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, it's it's the best. Yeah, I'm, right. uh, I'm really excited. Yeah, what for are you the, looking uh, for? Like what I said earlier, the Minecraft elements like I I, um, I've, I played a little Minecraft um, recently um, and it just made me realize, you know, that kind of thing is so much fun. And adding that to Minecraft, I don't know how deep it's going to go. But just the potential to make, you know, like silly things. Like what if you could make like a cavern system or, or something Yeah. You know, like deep within your island? Like I feel like there's so much potential there. Like you can make, Definitely. you know, little mountains, little hills, um, raised gardens and whatnot. Like it's just going to be awesome. I feel like uh, especially seeing, uh, seeing that the Switch has a pretty good functionality for sharing things. I just I, I'm looking forward so much to see how different everyone everyone's islands is going to look on Twitter yeah um, i think it's gonna be really positive you know like social experience that there's gonna be I'm some insane like there are some really creative people out there that can really do a lot with that oh yeah actually matt and i have talked about in the past doing a uh doing a segment called whose island is better matt or august in animal crossing New <laughs> that Horizon. wasn't the segment name the segment was uh why is matt's island better or matt's <laughs> island's better is better than Gus's. I think that's what it was. I don't remember agreeing to that. We can check the contract, <laughs> but a few, a few weeks ago, we uh, endorsed Ace Watkins, gamer president, as uh, our official pick for the 2020 elections. And Matt and I have been talking, and we are ready to award our game of the year, um, which goes to Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, applause, yes. Uh, yeah, our uh, our audience seems. Add an applause sound effect well. here, Matt. Yeah, Matt, don't forget. No, to no, 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 no. You, you in editing, in editing, in editing. <laughs> no, oh no, like that. No, 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 no. 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 It's like that, but a lot. Go more. on YouTube, type in applause sound effect, and then download it, and then add it, add it after he said that. Matt, that's really good advice because Dane uh, posts videos on YouTube, so he probably knows a lot. I've about done sound that effects, before. Like applause. I've done that before. Oh, Dane, this is probably a question you get a lot, um, and forgive me um i'm kind of you know if this is probing too much but do you film all of your videos in front of a live studio audience and how do you think the coronavirus outbreak will affect that um well i can tell you that i don't film my videos in front of a live studio audience and i can tell you that because of that i don't think that the coronavirus will affect me or the people that were never uh in the studio audience for my videos so um in short no and no okay um yeah, we were. Do you have all, another you know, stupid our... fucking question you want to ask me, or? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, who's your favorite nephew? My favorite nephew. It's uh, yeah, yeah. It's Phil. Shout out to Phil. Okay. Yo, Phil. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Who's your? <laughs> uh, just whoever is named Phil, nephew? who's listening to this right now, is like, oh, me. Uh, actually, uh, we did a poll recently. There is, there's, uh, no listener named Phil, but um, Charles. You know, with there is a Charles. There is a Charles. <laughs> right, shout out to Charles. <laughs> yeah fuck you phil yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> well phil doesn't yeah, exist he's not phil. listening hashtag fuck phil chuck charles, <laughs> chuck uh, charles. <laughs> um yeah so we're all very excited that animal crossing has won game of the year it might win game of the year next year if nothing else good comes out 
So stay tuned for that. Um, I think we're also all pretty excited. Oh, wait, oh, wait, I was going to talk about my quarantine games. Wait, did Matt, did you already talk about yours? I mean, you guys both said Animal Crossing consecutively. Yeah. Yeah, Matt and I, a lot of the times it'll sound like I'm talking, it'll sound like Matt talk. Matt's talking, but really it's both of us talking at the same time because we're really on the same page for a lot of this thing. Um, so you, we get a lot of harmonious voice on the podcast. Um, and we, as you can tell, we are both equally excited for Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, I uh, My quarantine game that uh, I wanted to put into the fray is um, a little game I like to call Death Stranding, a Hideo Blah. Kojima game. Blah. Uh, Death Stranding is an extremely good game. Um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm about 70% in uh, to Death Stranding. Uh, I intend to you finish it You haven't even finished it? I haven't finished it. And you're already giving it, it Game yet. of the Year? Uh, no, that was... That's, what are you, Death IGN? Stranding is... Death Stranding is Game of the Decade. Animal Crossing is Game oh, of the Year. Oh, you're already giving it Game of the Decade? Sorry, take two. You're already giving it Game of the Decade? <laughs> this game is so good that he's taken like four months to play it to get to 70% because he just, he can't put it down. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's such a good game. It just draws he him in. He loves walking like, around. You know, no. Matt, yeah, you know, I, I love you know... pressing forward on my control stick. <laughs> oh, almost as good as pressing W, dude. Almost as good. Almost. Matt, I thought you knew me because if you knew me, you would know that I never finish games. I hop from one to the other. So the fact that I've made it 70% through Death Stranding honestly says a lot um, about yeah. how much I like this game. 10 um, more percent. You're almost at as much as you uh, you lost me in that bet. So for background, <laughs> for background um, into this financial situation we're in right now, um, I did lose a bet to Matt. Um, on the precipice of the release of Death Stranding, I was very excited, very excited about Death Stranding. I remained very excited about Death Stranding. I have a poster of it above my bed, actually. And uh, I bet, Matthew, that Death Stranding would get a 90% or higher on Metacritic. Um, it When releases dropped, it was at an 86 and it very quickly dropped to an 83. <laughs> so, you want, do you want to know where it is now? Wh- where is Death Stranding now, Matthew? We're at an 82 now. What that tells me is that about, <laughs> you know, 18% of the population is, you know, maybe anti-intellectual, anti-good game. When for a long time I've been running on a pro-game, pro-good game platform. Um, so I don't, you know, I've been used used to kind of like being a maverick being kind of like the lone voice in the room who's shouting the truth and today i'm shouting to the hilltops to the pod tops the death stranding is extremely good and very topical because it's a game about a society where everyone has to stay away from each other because there's well in this case there's ghosts everywhere who were like the ghosts of dead people who died when there was like some cosmic event that i won't go into but it is called the death stranding um, which is a minor spoiler, um, but there's lots of you know flying whales covered in oil. Um, Norman Reedus is naked for a lot of the movie, so for all my Reedus heads out there, um, yeah, because that's all it basically is. It the best parts are just like the you just called just... it a movie. We got him, boys. We got him. <laughs> got him. It's not yeah. a real game. Yeah. See, Dane, the real point to where he's going with this was, uh, I bet him. He bet me that it would be a 90 or above and I told him to match it like dollar for, you know, review point. Mm-hmm. So, 
if it was over 90, I'd give him 90. If it was under, he owed me 90. And it was under. And I actually only charged him 80 because I felt That's bad on for you, taking Matt. his money. That's on you. I know. No, I'm fine with it. I felt bad for you making a stupid bet. So. <laughs> but I Death Stranding, much, game of the year for faith. me because it's the only game that ever made me money. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm glad we agree on something. I'm glad we agree on something. Um, I encourage all of our many, many fans and many, many haters to check out Death Stranding um, on their quarantines. Um, it's a very zen game, very chill game. Uh, if you like ghosts, if you like Norman Reedus's um, pee and poo, you do use those as weapons. So you like I would movies. encourage you to try them out. You like movies, go check <laughs> you out. Like movies. It's you extremely like not playing a game. cinematic. It's extremely cinematic. If you appreciate <laughs> cinema, if you're a cinephile, Death Stranding is the game for you. Conan O'Brien's in it, guys. You know, Look, what more do I need to say? Uh, that's that's the <laughs> real that's a real gamer right there. Actually, uh, just as a quick aside, Conan O'Brien plays a furry in this game who has he's he's like a his persona is an otter, and he gives you a uh, like a hood that's shaped like an otter that you wear like in rainstorms and the rain you know anything the rain touches begins to age rapidly you know Benji kind of like Benjamin Button esque. Um, and the uh, the otter hood he gives you, if you put it on, Wait, you can it like... makes him younger? Yeah, Benjamin no, Button makes... ages backwards. Yeah, think of Benjamin Button, but to quote but Missy Elliott... reverse? To quote, to quote <laughs> Missy Elliott, flip it and reverse it. Uh, <laughs> it's like Benjamin Button in reverse. Oh, okay, so just normally. <laughs> got it. Uh, you got me. You got me. As a cinephile, I love connecting you know thematic elements and benjamin button spoke to me in similar ways that norman <laughs> rita spoke to me uh, in death stranding so um as a proponent of death stranding i encourage you all to take a ride on the wild side um also there's news that kojima the director is going to be doing another metal gear solid and or silent hill game so stay tuned for that um if quarantine is long enough we may get to play that then too but um other quarantine games obviously uh, Matthew and I are on the same page. Uh, we will be playing RimWorld, though I have not uh, delved into the degeneracy of his 68 <laughs> hours quite yet. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna download RimWorld tonight. And oh, probably Dane. try it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I'm. Not. It's really good, Dan. It's really good. The graphics are like Prison Architect. If you played that, um, like the uh, yeah, I'm looking at Dwarf the Fortress. page right now. It looks yeah, it looks like uh, yeah, one of these games. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> Yeah, Dane, I'm going to actually, after we're done with this, I'm going to send you a whole write-up on things you should and shouldn't do. <laughs> okay. Like, for your first playthrough, your second playthrough, like, because uh-huh. there's a lot of mods you should get, but you should experience the game base first to Matt, you've already the mods. You've already got mods? Dude, I'm 68 hours in. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say my uh, another game that uh, I started playing a little bit today um as i also never finished breath of the wild i have over 100 hours in breath of the wild i think um but i never like beat the story yeah. so that's something i'm finally going to get around to because in, ga- in in these big open world games i always tend to like uh start doing the story and then branch off and do like every side thing i possibly can and like get all the collectibles and whatnot like uh dan i know you like um skyrim and i actually never beat the story mode in skyrim but i dumped like well over 100 hours into it just doing side stuff you know doing guilds and whatnot. yeah yeah that's the cool thing about those kinds of games for sure is that you don't necessarily have to 
run straight towards the end. And it, it is a Zelda game, so just keep in mind that um, you won't really be able to continue playing the the game after you beat it. I mean, you can, but you'll basically your save will be right outside whenever you go and actually try and kill kill Ganon, and you'll just have to like walk back. I'm just letting. You oh, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, that's how all Zelda games are. I mean, like I've played a few, but I forgot that 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 after you beat the game, like you can't just play. You can't just exist in a world where the game's beaten. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unlike unlike Skyrim, where if you beat the game, everybody just calls you Dragonborn for the rest of the game, and you can can continue doing whatever you were doing. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite. Uh, this is kind of a tangent, but one of my favorite end games in a game that like after you beat it, things like change fundamentally is in Fable Two. Like, one of the big parts of the end game, at least that I did, was that you can just, like, after, like, the main, you know, like, you beat the bad guy and the world goes back to normal or whatever, you can just become, like, the world's uh, landlord and buy every property in the game and manipulate rent prices to, you know, piss people off or make them like you. Um, I don't know if um, Death Stranding has an end game like that um, or Breath of the Wild, but I will let you guys know um, as I delve deeper into them. Okay. <laughs> We already said Breath of the Wild doesn't have one, but I I bet I bet Death Stranding there's probably like you know another like two hour cutscene you can watch, you know, for that proper. I mean, uh, I did hear that movie the, epilogue that the ending cutscene is literally over an hour long. Yeah, it's just Norman Reedus just like gurgling monster and then using a refilling his <laughs> piss gun to shoot the what are they called the spooky ghost guys that the, you don't actually fight you just run away like a coward yeah, you don't run away you don't run away you dissolve them with your pee pee and poo poo yeah because that's <laughs> that's quality game design right there dude matt it literally is it literally is it's an excellent game and i don't appreciate you talking smack because you know sometimes one of your haters might smack back and maybe tomorrow that hater will be me um anyway so, yeah matt what, what are your <laughs> <laughs> anyway so yeah, Matt, what are your quarantine games? Uh yeah, Rimworld Animal Crossing. Like those that's it. I'm probably gonna play some league. Um but have, have you guys ever played No Man's Sky? I okay, have you? Because I I I was familiar with like when it came out, all the negative press it got, but it's like it came back really strong and they just launched an update where a lot of people are like really happy with it again. So Yeah, I mean they have been making updates for the entire like what four years that it's been out it's very similar to um like uh sea of thieves maybe not the same uh amount of negative press obviously like sea of thieves was just kind of like oh man this game's kind of empty boohoo and then people just forgot about it no man's sky was like they they had this idea for the game and then they were pressured to make it under a certain time constraint by sony and then they just didn't so the game was basically published unfinished I mean, obviously, they can't say that when they're trying to sell the game, so they didn't say it, but I mean, like, it was pretty obvious, and I think that they knew that, and so instead of, like, just giving up, they just continued to work on the game, and so I feel like the game should have come out, like, last year, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's it's been done for a while, and they just keep adding more, and honestly, it's a, it's a, it's a really fun game, like, if you like exploration games, uh, if you like open world, I mean, it's, like, crazy open world it's massive it's literally infinite um if you like those kinds of games then then that is also a really good quarantine game i've sunk hundreds of hours into that game do they did they ever add multiplayer they did but uh i will say that that is probably one of the parts of the game that is still underdeveloped it works it's just not very good let's just put it that way like there's not a whole lot there's not really a whole lot of 
things to do in multiplayer. Like it's basically mm. just your friend is in the same solar system as you maybe, and you can see each other. <laughs> like, I don't know. Wow. I mean, that's kind of what they promised that people were pissed wasn't in the game. I remember yeah, like yeah. them not communicating that. And then people posting screenshots of like, I'm literally standing in the same place as this guy and I don't see him. Like, what? Is yeah, happening? it was not multiplayer when it came out, even though they said that they wanted to imp- implement it. And um, they have, it's been in the game for a couple of years now, I think. But it's, um, in my opinion, I think that it's not, I, I'll put it this way. If you want to play it just for multiplayer, then just don't play it because it's essentially a single player game, but it has the multiplayer thing if you feel like it. That's how mm. I look at it. Um, but yeah, I don't it, know. Uh, Check it out. It seems I, cool. It seems huh? really cool. It seems very pretty too. Like the, I like the color scheme of the game. Yeah. It's got a nice art design for sure. Um, I just like it cause, um, it, it's very, um, atmospheric and I feel like, I I already said that I love the random generation stuff. It feels like, man, uh, what if I go into this next solar system and I find the perfect planet, right? Oh my God, this planet's got everything that I need to be a happy little spaceman. I'm going to set up my house here and live here, you know? And, and then you log out forever because uh, you did it. You accomplished your goal. No, now I need to farm as much rare resources as i can get a million dollars and buy an epic ship and then go and fight space pirates you know there's just infinite amount of stuff that you can do in the game which is cool but um i stopped playing it because i just got really burned down on it that's always what happens with me i could probably start playing it again today but um Hmm. animal crossing is coming out so (laughs) i i think you really will like RimWorld. actually (laughs) no i know it's kind of like that (laughs) oh my god i know uh so, like, why is it like Sea of Thieves, though? Like, is it just the, the press thing? Is that why you're... Well, yeah, it's the or? press thing. Sea of Thieves is a lot smaller scale and obviously focused on PvP. And, um, like, the, there's always the threat that you'll run into a another player and they'll take your shit. Um, but that doesn't yeah. happen in No Man's Sky. You're very much alone. Like, it's an infinite universe. The only way that you ever really run into anybody else... Or if you the only way that you'll run into anybody else, um, any anybody else's stuff that they left behind is very very uh, rare because the world is literally infinite. So you have to really try and find like the coordinates left by somebody online or something, and then go to that coordinate, and then that so takes. So you forever. can actually do that. Like yeah. I can go find your base. Or something? You can, um, but it's gonna take a lot of resources because. Like I said, the universe is it, it, it's modeled after the real universe, so um, it takes a long time. But there are ways you can circumvent it through um, things that I don't really understand. I just follow directions. But you can go through black holes, which work like wormholes, apparently. And there's a way to map out um, a way to get from a, point A to point B in the shortest amount of time using these wormholes. Um, and usually... Best case scenario, it'll take like under twenty minutes for you to do that. Wow. <laughs> I uh, one time there was uh, somebody posted about a ship that I really wanted, and there were only it was only being sold in like this one area, and um, so I went on, <laughs> I went and like tried to figure out how I was gonna get there, and best case scenario, it was gonna take me like forty five minutes to do it, uh, and I did it. <laughs> so what was the word? Wait, so it actually did take you 45? Yeah, yeah. I just had to keep warping over and over. I had a bunch of warp fuel saved up just because I had always been collecting a bunch of resources the whole time. And uh, 
yeah, I just spent like, I don't know, dozens and dozens of oil canisters of warp fuel. 45 minutes later, finally got to where I was supposed to go. <laughs> and it was really there? Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. What's crazy about that is like, you had to pack up all your stuff if you had a base, right? Cause I mean, my base, gonna... I mean, technically my base was still there, but it was pretty much abandoned. Yeah, pack up. Yeah. In, other, in other words, I had to disassemble it. But yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's crazy. That's so cool. Maybe I will try it someday if it's ever on sale. Yeah. I think it's still full price. Yes, um, but I've seen it go on sale a few times. Yeah, maybe next Steam sale. Yes. Since we'll probably be in quarantine mode for quite a while. Yes, you're right. And uh, speaking of uh, movies like Death Stranding... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I you know I want to stress I want to stress Death Stranding man if you like Hideo Kojima stuff it's very cool very cinematic it is kind of like a movie but you know that's part of the charm but real movies real movies yes uh I uh you know not virtual movies uh VMs as I call them um I uh I watched a movie that uh you recommended Dane uh mm-hmm. the other day um, well, you recommended more than the other day ago. I watched it the other day, just to be clear for those keeping score at home. Um, but it's a movie by the Safdie brothers uh, called Uncut Gems, um, starring Adam Sandler. And uh, it was extremely good. Um, I think I liked it probably better than Good Time, the last movie that they did a couple of years ago. Um, and Adam Sandler's performance blew me away. The pacing of this movie was crazy. Like, there was a handful, like a very small handful of times in the movie where people weren't screaming at each other or, you know, in, in some, some way making a, like some bad decision that was going to come back and haunt them, you know, shortly <laughs> later in the movie. Like there's so many times. So this movie's about uh, like a, a guy who works in the Diamond District in New York City, um, like trying to pay back like what you think is just like one debt but then turns into like this whole like string of debts with other people. And he has this like web of people he needs to pay back in a certain order by, you know, <laughs> selling certain things. And, you know, it's like, as the, like I was watching this movie with a, uh, some other people and they were saying like, we were like connecting the dots, like Charlie day connecting the dots in that conspiracy, <laughs> you know, that, that gift that goes around. Yeah. Um, like this movie is crazy. This movie is crazy. And like that kind of thing, like the fact that there's so much stuff to keep track of, like puts you a bit into the shoes of Adam Sandler's character who was like losing his mind over how to deal with this situation, like how to pay back all of those people. And you feel like, like, wait, how is he going to pay that guy back? But if he pays that guy back, then this guy's going to be pissed. But if, wait, what, wait, it's just, it's that movie's a lot to handle. But um, I mean, I think it was pretty amazing the way the way they pulled it off, and it was so stylish. Um, like it kept that same like lo-fi, um, lo-fi grit that Good Time had. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, it was just awesome. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it because I know you seem to really like it. I mean, you covered a lot of why I like the movie. Um, That's okay. We don't have but, to. Go no, on, but no, uh, um, ju- but I'm just gonna add to it that man. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say. I mean, like. That movie is a good example of what I think movies should strive towards being, which is just pure entertainment and like really good, stylistic, interesting filmmaking. Like it's just so awesome. Like I, <laughs> I, I get excited about the possibility of of that movie being influenced or like that movie influencing people to make movies like it. You know what I mean? Like I just want to see more of that kind of thing in movies and um 
I don't know. It, like, it's just such a great. I love. I love that movie so much. It's it, it's heart racing and exciting, but also like really interesting at the same time because it's about a world that not a whole lot of people are part of. It's like a character study on somebody who has a terrible addiction, which I know a lot of people, whether it's gambling or anything really, any vice. I mean, I, a lot of people can really uh, resonate with um it has an amazing ending i, I don't want to spoil it oh but, my god I mean, that ending to... that ending blew my mind like <laughs> my jaw was on the floor oh my god just a lot it's not even really the <sighs> ending ending it's just the last 20 minutes of the movie are just like i mean to put it in perspective i don't really get i don't really get like excited watching movies i get i mo- at most <sighs> i'll get like interested or i'll get like excited but not on that level like i was literally on my feet the last 20 minutes of the movie like just staring at my tv like <laughs> i i couldn't sit down like I, it was like electricity it was weird and yeah, it's um, like the movie like makes you feel like the same kind of rush that howard ratner yes the main character adam yes. sandler's character feels with all of these debts paying off or not like, yeah because you're, you, you're feeling that same thing you want him to win but he's also a huge scumbag so there's that kind of dichotomy to it where you're just like, what's going to happen? Is the movie going to punish this guy for all of the crazy shit that he's got himself into? Or is the movie going to give him a happy ending? Like he, he was right the whole time and and he gets to, you know, have his cake and eat it too. Like it's so like perfectly set up. And then the last 20 minutes just just like, all right, here's the, the downward slope of the roller coaster. Have fun. (laughs) Motherfucker. Like go. And, it's just so awesome, and I love the way I uh, love the direction that they took the ending. It was like the it was almost the perfect ending. Like I don't know why it was just I was so surprised and yet like satisfied. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> that is how that should go. And then you know it's uh, I don't know the like you brought up already like Adam Sandler, he's a great um, dramatic actor when he's given the mm-hmm. right material. Absolutely. Um, Punch Drunk Love. Yes. For one. one, one of, of my, my favorite favorites. Movies. And so <laughs> it's so strange. I will. I, I mean, right now, I'm as you might have already known from the last podcast, I'm kind of re reorganizing my top 20 movies and um, by rewatching a lot of them and kind of deciding if I want to keep them or move them. And um, I rewatched Punch Drunk Love not that long ago. And oh, cool. It, it's staying for sure. I love it. But I actually put uncut gems on my top 20 despite only seeing it once i want to see it again really badly talking about it now makes me want to watch it really bad um but i think it's really funny how there are two adam sandler movies on my top 20 (laughs) like who who knew who knew (laughs) what a world we live in where is eight crazy nights on the list that's a good question i've never never actually seen eight crazy nights (laughs) Oh, dude, it's so good. Oh, I you haven't seen Eight Crazy Nights? It's, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's not good, but it's really good. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. It's um, no Jack and Jill. <laughs> it's no, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Dude, Adam Sandler was king for a while, man. He's like, still king, dude. He's, he's still king. People were like, on top now just because of that one performance, oh. to be honest. People were saying Adam Sandler was snubbed for an Oscar, which is something you don't he typically absolutely think you'll hear. <laughs> he absolutely was. That whole movie absolutely- was snubbed. That whole movie. It was just Howard Ratner is such an iconic character already. He like really is. That. I've seen so many memes about it on on Twitter and stuff. It cracks me up. I love it. This is how I win. 
it's just <laughs> <Yes>. like <laughs> or the, so, the i'm gonna come line like i see that holy everywhere. shit i'm gonna come <laughs> uh <laughs> it's man it's just, he just attacks this role and like the character is so well written and his portrayal of it like he goes off the rails but in a way where you're you believe that this guy is doing these things yeah the entire time like he never really strays from his character he's a scumbag you're never he's not meant to be likable but he's so well defined that it's like it's like like seeing what he's doing is like seeing a really well-designed boss in like bloodborne like it's horrible and ugly (laughs) but it's like so beautifully crafted that you're like damn they did that they went for it my mind immediately went to like kind of some of the earlier seasons of uh, Breaking Bad, where Walter White isn't a hundred percent totally Heisenberg yet, but he's still kind of like doing shady things. I mean, obviously he's being a criminal, but you still want him to like. They set up the character where it's just like he's 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 an honest enough guy. He just wants to do this, but he's his method of getting what he wants is is not great. It's not ideal. He obviously has an addiction to power, success, or whatever. I saw a lot of that kind of character building in uh, in Uncut Gems where it's like this guy, I mean, he obviously cares a lot for the people around him, but he just has this one vice, this one addiction that like drives his entire life. And it's not necessarily the greatest thing to be involved in, but I mean, you still want to see him, I don't know, go somewhere, you know, like you just want to see what happens with this guy. He's an interesting guy. <laughs> it's, 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 man. It's exactly what I want to see in a movie, and I want I want more people to make movies like that. Yeah, I uh, I think it's really exciting to see like especially like new filmmakers doing this kind of thing rather yes. than you know like the old guard. Like the Safdie brothers have been doing short films for the past like I don't know like ten years or so, mm-hmm. and Good Time was their first feature as far as I'm aware. Yes, and it was incredible, and it feels like they built on that you know following similar tones, but mm-hmm. just like in a much bigger way. Like I, uh, I remember I described Good Time uh, when we potted about it a few weeks ago, as like the story feeling so tight and well written that it felt like the things that were happening were like laying rails right in front of this train as it was going. So yeah. you always felt like they they have a plan, but they don't know if it's going to work. And then sometimes that doesn't work out. Yeah. And that the the rails get blown away, and you're like, how is this going to work? But then more rails get laid. <laughs> but in this one, it's like Howard Ratner is like constantly burning bridges and then when he's not burning bridges other people are burning bridges for him and yeah. it's like somehow things still kind of work out and that's like the drama of the movie it's oh it's just so good yeah it's so uh, good about the safety brothers i i was so like i'm i'm happy for him because um from what i've seen in interviews with them they're very clearly passionate about filmmaking and like it's very clear that they've been honing their craft like you said they've been making just a bunch of short films like basically just practicing for 10 years and now they're finally getting their chance to really show what they've got. And I have a feeling that, I mean, good time flew under the radar, but enough people saw it because it had star power to, uh, to kind of get familiar with them. Be like, okay, these guys have a style. These guys like know what they're doing. This is awesome. These are like the new, like Coen brothers, like exactly cool, like little duo uh, filmmakers with their own um, kind of thing going. And then, Uncut Gems comes out and it has a lot more popularity because obviously way bigger star power with Adam Sandler and he's in a and he's in a weird role and stuff so people are excited about that but it still kind of isn't super mainstream enough in my opinion I think that it's just kind of like 
if you like film, then you'll see it, but it's not going to be one of those big movies. And it being snubbed for an Oscar also doesn't help that. Um, but that being said, I think now they have the chance to really make, like, if they have something they want to make, they should definitely, now's the chance. Because I think a lot of um, people have their eye on them. And it's like, what are you guys going to do next? Like, And I think that might tip them into, like, the mainstream i think yeah it's just at such least an I exciting so. time to be following these filmmakers like we've talked about like greta gerwig like making out making yeah. really cool movies like as her first movies we've talked about ari aster you know doing hereditary mm-hmm. and then midsummer back to back like the the safety brothers feel like that like they're yes. just like you know hitting dingers i'm liking this new roster back <laughs> good roster it's got it a, good a good roster going you know i like it yeah for a while, yeah, it didn't just, feel like there were any new filmmakers coming out. Didn't didn't you did you feel like that, or was it just me? Like where I didn't feel like there were any new filmmakers. I was just relying no, on all the you, old. Ones. I know what you mean. I know what you mean, and I think that's like evidenced by the fact that this the past couple years have felt like such a breath of fresh air with yeah, movies. Yeah. Like I'm not saying like maybe like four or five years ago movies were bad, but no, um, but it definitely wasn't. I. It, I I fell out. I, I here's my history of like movie enthusiasm, right? It's like when I was coming out of high school and in my early 20s, I was like nuts about movies. I was watching movies every day and really getting my fill of like what movies are good. I'm going to see it and just kind of understanding the 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 landscape of the current filmmakers that were out like the PTA, you know, Quentin Tarantino, um Coen Brothers, all those guys and I've I've noticed myself kind of falling off around like I don't want to I don't know like 2015 and from about 2015 to like about last year I felt really disconnected from the film like scope I don't know like just movie making in general and I don't know if that's just me but it definitely felt like there wasn't a whole lot going on (laughs) like there wasn't really any movies coming out like every once in a while there was like a big one that I was really in love with, like Interstellar obviously came out in that period and, and that really blew me away, but there wasn't a whole lot else. And uh, I feel like we're finally, at least for me, coming out of that that slump and, and there have been a lot of really great movies. So hopefully it continues or maybe maybe that's just how it works. Like there's a there's an ebb and flow of of a certain type of film and I was just falling out of out of uh, um, falling out of love with with movies for a bit just because of the, the the type of movies that were getting popular yeah i mean what it seems to me is that like someone gave a24 a whole bunch of money and <laughs> that was just the right decision at the right time uh, yeah for real yeah, you know what it was a, the more i think hmm. about it because i've never really talked about it out loud it's just kind of been a feeling inside my brain i you know what it is I, i'm realizing that that period of time when i wasn't really enthusiastic about films about the time when they started working on the marvel cinematic universe and that became like yeah. a spotlight <laughs> i was gonna say like yeah. that period you said you didn't like i was like what did i like then i was like oh you know a lot of a lot of mcu that's a whole lot of mcu that, i mean that's what i would go to that's pretty for. much all there was like and I feel I mean, like that's, a... that might have taken away from a lot of stuff, maybe. I don't know. I think it, it probably took the spotlight. It definitely took the spotlight yeah. off of, you know, movies that would otherwise get a spotlight. But now that Marvel has been benevolent enough to stop making movies for like a year, <laughs> <laughs> we have all these uh, yeah, yeah. these home runs. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's awesome. 
There were a lot of good movies that came out in that time, though. Like, uh, oh, I'm sure, yeah, yeah. some great ones, some great uh, ones. But like, I don't think anything quite like what you like. I haven't, I didn't watch Uncut Gems or Good Times yet. Um, but they don't really, they don't sound like other movies that I that I was thinking of. Like some good movies in the past, like five years, like Arrival sticks out to me. Did yeah, you like, ever see that? I recently yeah, Dennis Villanova is another. I would yeah. put him in the same like roster of like really exciting filmmakers yeah. to watch. I don't. I never say his name correctly. Denny Villeneuve, I think. Just uh, call him Dennis. That's what, Dennis. that's what his friends call him. Hey, Dennis. I feel like I'm his. It's friend. French Canadian Dennis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a cool roster to watch. Another, you know, I, I want to shout out uh, Jordan Peele. Um, that guy obviously popping off as well with a similar track record of just back to back two movies his first uh, two movies being ex- excellent uh, i haven't seen us what? yet but i will eh, what eh. matt what are you uh-ing? us is like very okay no it's not matt us is an extremely extremely ambitious horror movie All right dane that's homework next time you're on you should watch us and you i'm just waiting us. for it to not be 99 dollars to only buy and not rent <laughs> is it still yeah it still there are much? some movies i think it's just whatever distribution contract these movies end up signing but there are some movies that have been out for a while that you still can't rent that you can only buy so huh that's I one of no them. idea well, yeah, I, yeah i get it i get day, why that day. would be the case one day I think, yeah. like like jordan peele is one of these like boutique filmmakers who you know people get really excited about so i could see their logic being like, i well, mean here's the thing is this. that he had he had a grand slam home run with with get out which was a very very yep. well-made different uh horror comedy and I think everybody really respected him for that. Uh, Us came out. Everybody was like, eh, it's no get out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> so yep. uh, I wouldn't call him, I wouldn't put him on the same level as all of the other filmmakers that we've uh, we've discussed. I wouldn't even really, uh, I mean, I will say that <laughs> overall, I, I'm a much bigger fan of the type of movies that the, uh, that the uh, Safties make. So maybe that's why I, I'm not, I'm not, treating them the same even though they do have the exact same uh number of movies under their belt um yeah i think you should definitely give us a chance you know, no if you I, find it's, a it's on my list it. i'm it's not that i'm not watching it because i don't want to it's because it's just i'm not gonna buy it <laughs> uh, yeah i found us really scary and like i don't i don't want to say too much about it because the, the things that i really like about it are these total curveballs that it throws mm-hmm. like what the movie is about is not really what you see in the trailers. Like it just, it goes for this really cool sci-fi angle to the horror that it's delivering yeah. that I found really cool. It has this really deep world building that gets me really excited in the similar ways. Like we talk about with like, uh, like hereditary and in, in, in midsummer, yeah. like those are movies you could talk about and dissect and be like, Oh, like is the, is this like that in the world? Because like at this hint you see, yeah. Um, and that's that's a really exciting thing about Jordan Peele's movies that both Get Out and and Us did really well. That's one of the reasons why I I really like them. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I'm I, just excited for Dane list. to watch it now. Yeah, I'll check it out for sure. Just gotta wait. And Matt, you're just a hater. That's all you are. I'm not a hater. I like <laughs> I, Us has a really strong first half. Yeah, it does. The first. I'm half gonna is leave really it at cool. that. Yeah. Um, it does. That's a movie that really flies. I think it 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 holds its breath and jumps. And the last half of that movie does some crazy stuff. So whether or not you like it, I mean, you know, I I um, will uh, come clean. I do know the gist of what happens in the movie because somebody uh, I forget. I don't even know what the circumstance was, but it was 
relatively not spoiled for me, but I do know the plot further than what the trailers show. Um, but it still interests me because I like that, <laughs> and I'm not I'm not usually uh, dissuade or um, I don't enjoy movies less because they're spoiled for me. I don't know, maybe I'm immune, but I've never had a problem with spoilers personally in any capacity. Yeah, we do, we we do a pretty good job of not spoiling stuff on the pod. No, um, I understand. We, we give a little little warning if we do. I think it's okay too sometimes. No, no, I'm uh, yeah, I'm just letting you guys know that that I, I know <laughs> I know a little bit more about about it than than what the trailers show he's not pure august he's uh he's tainted his opinions <laughs> I just, are i'm just going into the movie formed. with with an expectation that it's it, that it's gonna try and that it's gonna go in a different direction right mm-hmm. all i'll say all i'll say tunnels <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> all right yes um, something to think about something to think about well, as long as we're on the subject of movies that uh, we don't like, um, uh, such as how Matt doesn't like us, he hates it. He said it's his, the worst movie he's ever seen. Yeah, I heard that too. And I was like offended and just confused. No, that's Death Stranding. Let's talk about... <laughs> worst movie I've never seen, <laughs> nor will see. But a movie nonetheless. Let's talk a mm-hmm. little bit about the other movie that we had that you gave me for homework, which was... Uh, um stalker oh that was your decision uh that was i thought you said dane recommend oh my god no i did not recommend that god can i can i go first i didn't know that it existed here's the thing i think this is part of a larger conversation that i i don't know if we have time for oh yeah we've been going for like an hour damn it we talked for like half an hour about just video games yeah. And, you know, that's because we're, you know, some of America's top two, top three, you know, now that you're here gamers. So it makes sense that we would it focus does. on that. But, uh, yeah, I, I, that is a conversation. Andre Tarkovsky's Stalker, uh, very interesting movie. Very, uh, it's a, you know, you I have mean, I to don't really kinda... have a lot to say about it. And I don't think Matt will either. So maybe we can we, just yeah. leave it here. I mean, you can explain why you <laughs> yeah, like no, it or this whatever. Isn't a... This isn't a deep conversation. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, I'll no, go first. I, no, 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 before you go, the reason why I want to say this for a larger conversation is because something Dana and I were talking about off pod um, about, like, older movies and how, like, I, I feel like sometimes some people don't connect with older movies as much as they do newer movies. By older movies, I mean, like, pre-1990s, pre-1980s. Yes. Um, and that's a conversation that I think would be pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, we can definitely we can definitely ones. have that conversation. I will try not to get into it here, but you can still talk about if you want your thoughts on Stalker. Because I, I, mostly just because I want to hear him. <laughs> yeah, I thought okay. So Stalker to me felt like opening a really intricate Russian philosophy book, and it was like reading excerpts of that, like reading quotes from that, that made you think about the nature of happiness and how that relates to technology and what technology has uh, like made happen for humans and also stuff about like, like major disasters and like, especially like questions around uh, like humans and nuclear energy and nuclear weapons. Um, especially the fact that the movie was made in the late seventies. Um, like, and it, I don't know if you guys have heard, but uh stalker was a movie that was filmed three times and the third time is what you see but like the first time they filmed it 
they were using some sort of new film that was being used at the time that I guess in Russia, the people who were developing their film, it didn't get developed correctly. So the, the whole movie was made like if you remember in the beginning of Stalker, everything is like yellow, like the entire movie was kind of like that. So they threw away, threw away the film and decided to film it again. But then something happened where like the director had a beef with the cinematographer and uh i think there's some like some drama there that i I don't remember but they scrapped that version of the movie and then in the third version of the movie they filmed the exact same thing again but um i guess this time it just shook out differently and there was stuff like with the production of the movie where they filmed around actual hazardous chemicals that it's thought that exposure to those chemicals actually killed a lot of the people involved with the movie including the director years later like dr manhattan style um so yeah i mean there's a lot to unpack with with stalker yeah okay but how's the movie <laughs> yeah so i love take. <laughs> you wow okay i mean the movie itself like okay i we i'll save the 70s part for the next time we talk yeah, about yeah. this okay. but fair, fair, fair. my my thought watching stalker was like it was like watching my high school film project when I was like 16 because because high school film project Matt no because the thing the the thing that's so clear with it is like what you don't know how to cut out empty space man you you don't know what like there's so much that you could trim down and short and make this tight and packed and this is just like we're gonna have a 30 second pan at some grass we're gonna watch this car drive all the way down the road do you need to? No. May, is it part of the theme of the movie? Maybe, but who cares? Who cares? Like, like what other movies that came on this time? Like, I thought maybe like seventies filmmakers just didn't figure it out yet. But that's the same time we got Star Wars, which is paced super well. It's just like this guy was just like, all right, the third time we're just gonna love this movie. Like, this is we really did it, and it's it's perfect the way it is. Every second of footage, we're just gonna use it, and it like. <laughs> You can tell that, like, that's what they wanted because there's just so much of this movie you don't even need to watch. Like the opening scene, the opening scene where it's just panning through that little door. I, I was like, what did I get myself into? I don't want to watch this. It's in black and white. It's it's, it's not just, in black and white. I know. I, that's what I thought, though. Like, it's, there's so much. There's just so much where it's just like, like it, it's like when I edit this podcast, I cut out silence a lot. Like, I feel like you could run that filter on that movie and be so much better. Matt, the right? fact that you're saying that explains to me why you're such a hater on Death Stranding. Because those pauses are so integral to Mm-mm. the movie. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. That, if there's one thing I've learned over the past 10 years since I made that high school film project is that you, there's <laughs> not everything is worth it. There's some things you need to cut, right? Like, there's intentional... There's intentional pacing and pause, but when it's in every fucking scene of the movie, maybe maybe you just need to cut some of that out. Just speed it up a little, you know? Like, <laughs> right? Dane, did you did you watch it? Do I'm you feel a, the no, same way? No, I, I did, and I'm 100% on board with Thank you. Thank you. Here's the thing. Thank you. I'll, oh I'll boil down oh exactly. I mean, like, you're right. It does feel like that, and you know why it bothers you and, and, and you know why it bothers me especially is that it feels so like crazy self-indulgent it's like somebody like sniffing their own farts it's like oh <laughs> exactly it's like oh man i i i filmed this look at this yeah, it's like yeah look at that 
It's like, dude, th- nothing's <laughs> happening. Like, you, you, yeah, you filmed it. Good job. But, like, anybody could have done that. Like, I don't know. I, I think that it, when movies are slow intentionally to try and, like, drive a message home, it very seldom works on me. And I think it's just because when I watch movies, I want to be entertained. <laughs> I don't, I don't care about, like, I don't know setting a feeling it's it's very much in the same lieu of of um of abstract art where yeah there are some people who can look at it and they can get some sort of feeling from it but to me it's just random shit on a piece of paper you know what i mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so but like the only the only random shit you want is a procedurally generated universe in no man's sky (laughs) (laughs) yes yes completely unrelated but yes um but I think it, 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 I, I was cracking up at your high school project because <laughs> it's it's so it, it's very relatable because I was this person too where every time the first time I started getting a hold of a camera and learning how to use a camera, I was so amazed that I did that because I'm like holy shit I'm like in control of this camera oh my god I'm I oh look at this look at that oh my god that's awesome and because it was so personal to me I thought maybe oh maybe people will think this is awesome too. No, they don't want to see that. (laughs) They're like, they showed up to be entertained. Yeah. Maybe you're excited to see it because you feel proud of, of being able to catch it, capture it. And, and it's your baby or whatever, but that's not how other people feel when they see it. But, um, I don't know. I think there are some people that get something out of it. Like in the same way that there's people that, that look at, I think there was that, that whole controversy with, um, this literal four-year-old child who is just like throwing <laughs> shit at a piece of paper and then they were selling it as abstract art and they were taking it to abstract art fairs and they were just like, what do you think about this piece? And then there's people, these like abstract art people were like, yes, I can see that it really descri- like it describes this emotion over here. And then at the end they were like, a four-year-old painted that. <laughs> like it was, it was random. They, this, this four-year-old just throwing paint at the wall, and it just proves to me that, yeah, you people can find meaning in whatever. Doesn't mean that it's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if if you like it, that's awesome. I'm not trying to downplay people who find meaning in art. It's just that you have to understand that. I I don't know. There's a there's a difference to me at least between uh art and entertainment and there there's a very fine line and when people over overstep their boundary of not being entertaining anymore and just focusing on trying to be artistic it it really does not hit home with with my sensibilities at all it doesn't doesn't make me like the movie mm-hmm. yeah because it's like the emotion has to be there like like mid- yeah like there's a lot of like long kind of like like shots of just kind of nothing in like midsummer, right? Yeah. But it, there's like this unnerve. And there was a movie you guys were talking about that I don't believe I saw uh like the last time you were on Dane where you're talking about there's just like this tension where there's two characters talking. And it's like yeah. if if it's like there's a slow shot where there's not a lot happening but there's that the emotion here is tension, right? Like <laughs> yes, you need to clear. feel tense right now where it's like, if it's panning at grass, it's like, I don't feel anything. <laughs> I'm just confused. <laughs> you know, like what is going through this door? Are these bodies dead? Oh no, they're just fucking sleeping. Okay, cool. I'm glad we took a minute and a half to establish that. All right. Well, what I will say is that in my view, 
a lot of the long, slow, drawn out, and kind of unnervingly long shots in the movie are there in part uh, to give you some space to think about the the themes that are being unpacked, you know, visually in the movie, uh, you know, through what's happening in the story and what the characters are doing. But um, I, I would pass on your feedback uh, on this movie to the director, but I do think he died of <laughs> chemical poisoning while filming yeah. this movie, uh, the movie beat. that a lot of people consider one of the best movies of all time. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I could tell you guys uh, were not uh, the biggest fans, but I did appreciate that you all did slog through what I admit is a... Uh, uh, it dense, is a difficult movie to watch and dense and, movie. And I will say, like even I said, if it I did love like it, I still wouldn't man. recommend it to anybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I would recommend it. I think it's a cool. Um, I think we, we could we could talk a lot more about this. I mean, I but, hardly um, ever recommend there will be blood to people because I think that's too slow. You know what I mean? There will be blood is very slow. It reminded me of like Kubrick's movies with um, yeah, like two that you think of two thousand one, mm. and there's like a fifteen minute shot, not shot, fifteen minute scene. That's just basically a laser light show while a character is like going through a wormhole or something in space. Yeah. And people did yeah, drugs a lot co- back then. You have to remember that. People do drugs a lot now. And well, I think I'm, Stanley I'm Kubrick has that been. That was, uh, <laughs> that was like an entire reason to go to movies back then was to do drugs yeah, I, and then go see the movie. Yeah. I so heard I, people yeah. would drop acid and then just go and lay in front of this, the movie screen yeah. uh, when 2001 was in theaters. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think people would would want to do that uh, with Andre Tarkovsky's Stalker because I think they'd have a no. really really bad trip. That would be the opposite <laughs> of enjoyment for for that. I think. Yeah. So if you're into things that some people call one of the best movies and other people call the opposite of enjoyment, um, check out uh, <laughs> Tarkovsky's Stalker. And uh, yeah, uh, folks, I think that's gonna bring us to the end of this week's pod. But clearly. Daniel, Matt, and I, um, you know, have more to talk about. So hopefully we'll get to finish that conversation in the future. But in the meantime, we will be enjoying our quarantine games. We will be, you know, watching movies that, you know, other people don't like. Some people do like probably some more Adam Sandler movies at this rate. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Why don't I think in respect of Stalker, we could end the podcast with like 30, 45, maybe a minute and a half of silence. <laughs> yes. No. Well, well. Before we end, we have our our trademark final bit. Did I miss something? What do you mean? You, this you, is you missed it. Uh, once again, end of the pod. As always, we like to decide the most notable Nelson of the week. And once again, no contest. It was Xbox Live's Major Nelson, Larry Herb. Congratulations! 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 Uh, yeah, um, he almost did lose this week because Xbox Live servers being down really almost compromised us playing uh, some Sea of Thieves, but they recovered, so he got those brownie points. Um, we like to honor the <laughs> the second runner-up, uh, or the runner-up to the most notable Nelson, and this week we have Ricky Nelson, who is actually now known as Rick Nelson after his 21st <laughs> birthday. Um, he is a... Uh, American musician with uh, notable songs such as uh, Lonesome Town and Poor Little Fool, which is uh, probably what he feels like right now since he only got second place. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, well, I but love I... America and music, so that sounds up my alley. Mm-hmm. Pity clap for uh, Rick, Ricky Nelson. Uh, actually, Matt, if you could just edit back in some audience uh, pity clapping here, that would be really cool. <laughs> Dane, Dane if clap. you could recommend some some pity clapping. Yeah, just type in pity clapping into YouTube. It's the third one down. Okay, uh, on Bing Tube? No. no, YouTube. Do you have a hearing problem or something? He said no. YouTube. Open your fucking yeah. ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, congratulations to Ricky. Well, Wait, just Rick Nelson. Yeah, I think he actually, after his 60th, he dropped all the other letters, and now he's just R. <laughs> just R. Nelson. Okay. Well, yeah, congratulations, R. Nelson. Um, you know, maybe next time it'll shake out a little differently, but this time, uh, Larry Herb, Xbox Live's Major Nelson is still the champ. Do you think people listen to this part, or do you, do you think that they, they're like, okay, they're talking about Nelson again, and the podcast is over, I can stop. Uh, Dan, you know, as you know... Um, <laughs> You know, you're in you're in showbiz, right? You know, all of our all of our content, every most every word that comes out of my mouth is focus tested very deliberately by a team of world class <laughs> marketers. So yeah, uh, yeah. To answer your question, our audience is very into the most notable Nelson. We have a lot of uh, Herbie Herbie X out there who are hungry for Herb content. Hungry for Herb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right well if you listen to this part uh leave in the comments uh i'm hungry for herb so we know that you uh, didn't turn off uh there's probably not a way to leave comments but still do it yeah well a lot of our fans are rabid enough where they would probably figure out a way to leave comments (laughs) create a system to do so if you're listening to this part just at uncle dane on twitter i'm hungry for herb <laughs> just to let them know Definitely. who's really I, let them know that you only listen to this part you're like okay last 10 minutes of the podcast all right best Stick segment here end. we go yeah as we speak i'm writing my own tweet to to dane uh to let him know how hungry for her <laughs> i am great um and in this time of xbox live short outages uh, i think uh larry could use you know all the thoughts that uh you know that we can give him finished so we want like a minute and a half of silence right yeah Yeah. you ruined it so we have to start over so (laughs) okay starting over right now